What's going on? It's Lucas from the Fantasy Football Fellas here. Hope y'all are having an awesome week so far. I know for me it's a little bit of recovery week. Uh, I was in a wedding this past weekend. Super fun, super awesome wedding. Uh, now ready, getting ready to go to another one this weekend, actually. It's wedding season, boys and girls. Get your Sunday best out. <laughs> but anyways, we have uh, an exciting week of content for you. We're making a little bit of a change, if you didn't see on our social media. We're going to start releasing two podcasts a week. Uh, we started doing this last week with our mailbag, except now what we're going to do, we're still going to break down a division each week. This week is the AFC East, and we're going to split the AFC East up into two podcasts. We'll be talking about two teams in each podcast with a five to ten minute mailbag at the end of each podcast. So we're really stoked for this change. Uh, we're going to get into the Jets and Patriots this podcast, uh, and it's just Cameron and I. Tyler is on vacation this week, which we'll get more into in the podcast. But uh, let's get into it. Let's do it. Hello and welcome to our AFC East week on our fans football podcast. I am Cameron and this is Lucas in person and for the first time. We're very excited, but we're also very saddened because we are missing one of our fellas. Mr. Tyler Plath is living it up in Arizona right now. Enjoy the sunshine. Yeah. Going to Diamondback games. So (laughs) he's living it up, but we miss him dearly this week. Gives us more to talk about, though. You don't have to listen to Tyler talk so much. Exactly. He's not on and on and on. So <laughs> we're going to start this episode talking about the pa- Patriots. Wow, I almost said the Patriots. Patriots and Jets. Uh, we figure they're going to probably go four and two in this um, is kind of where we got them in this division. So we'll, we'll start with the worst and we'll move up from there. We'll start with the Jets. Lucas, we're just going to jump right into it. To do it is, is Zach Wilson usable at all this year? No, <laughs> no, I have my QB 32. He's too raw, he's not really walking into the mm-hmm. best situation either. Um, I, th- there's no reason to draft him. I, I, I understand the excitement. I was, I, I never thought he should have gone number two overall. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I he, he's not usable. Don't draft him in your leagues. Um, <laughs> I feel like it's, it's like another Jared Goff situation, right? Like mm-hmm. it's a guy who probably does have a little bit of upside just based on his potential talent, but no, not a guy. You, you shouldn't even be a backup quarterback if you mm-hmm. draft two QBs. Uh, let him be a waiver wire pickup if mm-hmm. uh, if he uh, if you even want him at all. If he even becomes sure. relevant. Now here's the real question about Zach Wilson: Is he the best looking quarterback in the NFL right now? <laughs> He's the youngest looking quarterback <laughs> in the NFL right now. I'll tell you that. Oh, I did, I did not get enough of this of Twitter on his draft night. That was great. That was oh. awesome. Uh, yeah, definitely, definitely the youngest. I won't yeah. say the best looking, yeah. but definitely the youngest. It looks like he just graduated high school. He really does. He really does. I love it. I love it. Awesome. So we'll move on to our favorite player. For all the fellows on the Jets, which is Michael Carter, who we believe is going to lead this running back unit of him, Tevin Coleman, and LaMichael Perrine. 
So Lucas, why, why do we like Michael Carter so much? I mean, I think you, you listed it. He walks into a backfield with little to no competition, competitive Mm -hmm. competition. That is Tevin Coleman has never been like a bona fide starter in the NFL. He's always been behind Devonta Freeman or, um, you know, playing like second or third string running back in Mm -hmm. San Francisco. Uh, Michael Pirine, like you mentioned, not, he was behind Frank Gore all of last season. What does that tell you? Father time himself hasn't caught up to Frank Gore and Frank Gore's already Frank Gore is out playing him. So not much competition there. Um, he he's the most talented running back on that team yeah even though he was the second most talented running back it on his own team from college right yes so he he's walking into a, a really good situation for him mm-hmm. to to start at running back uh that, i mean it's a young and exciting new offense i can't say that it's going to be a dynamic offense because yes. i don't know what zach wilson is going to look like and Corey Davis and Jamison Crowder aren't the best two. Mm-hmm. You could ask for a better core wide receiver, but I mean, I look, I have Michael Carter at running back 26. That's how high I think of him as ADP is running back 39 right now in leagues, which is just silly. Uh, you're, I mean, you're taking guys like Ronald Jones. You're taking the uh, guys, uh, Damian Harris. I'm thinking of other guys who are down in like that, like early thirties yeah. range. And I'd much rather have Michael Carter ahead of all those guys. Exactly. And it, I just think it's exciting coming into a Robert Sala team who came from San Francisco where they run the ball. And I know in San Francisco, they did use kind of a three headed monster, but there was always a clear number one. Yeah. Raheem Mostert, when he was healthy, was the clear number one. And I think that's the same way Michael Carter is going to be treated yeah. is he's going to come in. He's going to be a clear. Number. I mean, they kept Perrine and they signed Coleman from San Francisco, but when he, they draft, they went out and got like they got him in the draft. He was a fourth round pick, but still, as a running back, that you you can start year one as a fourth round pick. So I think there's a lot to be excited about there. We also know, I think we brought it up on a podcast before. The famous uh, nameless Jets beat writer said that he was <laughs> he's has a path to be the starting running back, and yeah. so we take that. Um, and we believe it 100%. So that's kind of where we're at with that. One thing, one thing with Michael Carter, too, the only knock I think you could give him is that because Tevin Coleman is there, his receiving value might not be there. Mm-hmm. Um, he might not be the three down workhorse that we all, that us three probably really want him to be. Yep. But at the same time, I, I find it really tough to believe that Michael Carter isn't going to be in that top 30 running back yes, somewhere um, his, his ADP of 39 is an absolute steal. I'd be all over that yeah. on your leagues. I'm not saying you need to run out and reach. And um, I think we put this in a social media post. I don't think you need to go out and reach in the eighth round to go get him but at the same time. Uh, if he's still there around nine, 10, I mm-hmm. absolutely, he's a great, great depth pick this year who has top 25 upside. Exactly. I just, like you're saying, this is, it's going to be a volume play. I don't think he's going to get great efficiency on that Jets team, but <laughs> I think the opportunity will be there. It's going to be David Montgomery of 2019, probably. Yeah. That's probably a good bet. <laughs> so now we move on to those great Jets wide receivers <laughs> who we all love dearly. Lucas, who in that mix of Corey Davis, uh, is it Elijah Moore? It's Elijah Moore, Jameson Crowder. Jameson Crowder. Uh, Denzel Mims is still oh, there. Still, yeah. Jesus, who, about him. who are you taking this year? Are you, would you take multiple of that? Like, obviously not in your same team, but if one of them goes, would, would there be a Am second guy you like that? 
I'll tell you who I'm not looking at. Denzel Mims. I totally forgot about him. Um, that shows how relevant he is. Um, I think the two that I'm looking at are Corey Davis and Elijah Moore. Um, Corey Davis should be the wide receiver one of that offense. He hasn't played a wide receiver one role before. He's always been number two in Tennessee. And uh, he showed signs of breaking out tail end of last season, I guess kind of throughout the season periodically, but nothing that made me think he's worth being a wide receiver one on yeah. a football team. Um, I wouldn't hate to have him as my wide receiver four, but he's I'm, I'm definitely not considering him for flex play, let alone, you know, let alone a starting mm-hmm. position. Right. So uh, wide receiver four on my team, I'd probably be comfortable with. Um, the other guy I'm looking at is Elijah Moore. And it's purely just based on the hype that I've been hearing on a camp about this guy. Um, so far, it sounds like he's been the real deal uh, going up and getting balls in the red zone, connecting on deep passes. I mean, he's, he's been the one person who's been shown out at camp so far. And he's going as wide receiver 66 in drafts right now. And I have him at wide receiver 58. So he's, he, he's probably the literal definition of a late route flyer, mm-hmm. like super high upside going to get the volume. Cause the judge could be passing the football a yes. lot this year. You can get him within the last two, three rounds of your draft. I mean, he, he probably, he might be your home run late round flyer yeah. this year. So I I'm really big on Elijah Moore. Um, I'm not, I'm certainly not going to, reach i'm not prioritizing Corey davis but um you know come that you're looking at a wide receiver five or if you're uh, you know not drafting a quarterback a second quarterback or a second tight end you're looking at a sixth wide receiver absolutely elijah moore should be on the top of your list for yeah. player all flyers the the one thing i do have for Corey davis is last year in 13 games he had 65 catches 984 yards and five touchdowns okay so he was the wide receiver two on that right team to be fair so that's that's where it kind of comes in interesting now because he's gonna he's gonna take that cornerback one yeah every time he's on the field on a team where we don't know what's gonna happen with zach wilson on a team that's i guess i guess you can't be more run heavy than tennessee last year so it'll probably be the same type but the the team as a whole in tennessee was much better than much it better. is on the jets so Maybe he keeps up that same production, but like you're saying, that's not a guy that you're going to put in at your wide receiver one, wide receiver two, probably right. even flex spot, just because there is a lot of inconsistencies that come with that. So he was he was paid good money. I think Tyler said, Tyler told us, so shout out to Tyler. He did. It was a three-year, $37.5 million contract. So that's they're looking for him to be that wide receiver one. They yeah. paid him to be that wide receiver one. Um, so they're going to probably use him like that. It's just, he's on the jets. Right. And and at that point, your drafts too, you're coming to the guys where they're either the third wide receiver on their team, or they're the number one wide receiver on a bad team. Yeah. And at that point in the draft, I'm going to take the number one options because mm-hmm. they're more likely to be fed the football versus taking a shot on a guy like Devonte Parker, right. Who's could be wide receiver two, but will probably end up being wide receiver mm-hmm. three for that Dolphins team, which we'll get to later. But um or I guess in, in the next podcast altogether, yes. not even this one. Um, but at that point, I'm taking my chances on the number one guy in an offense versus a number three guy in that offense. Sure. So um, that, that's the only reason why I got, I, I think I have Corey Davis higher than a few other guys in that range, yes. just for the fact that they want him to be the wide receiver one. And they're probably going to try and feed him the ball like a wide yes. receiver one. Definitely. Is there any tight end on the jets that you have your eye on? Is there anyone that is even, 
even usable is even in the top 32 tight ends. I always have my eye on Chris Herndon, but he's not going to perform well. And I'm not going to make the mistake of drafting him (laughs) for the third year in a row and hyping him up because I really want Chris Herndon to be a thing. And he hasn't been for me. And I've been so upset every year. Thankfully, he's always been my tight end too. And I've always had someone better ahead of him. But no, uh, no tight ends on the Jets. If Chris Herndon becomes a thing this year, my computer's going through a wall because uh, he he hasn't panned out for me in years past. But uh, no, I don't even prioritize a Jets tight end. If he's not even in the top 15, I wouldn't even prioritize him. Yeah, Lucas has faithfully held on to Chris Herndon. I have. For the last two years, every single game, and wouldn't trade him, thought he was going to be the biggest thing. Even after he was suspended two years ago, he still held on to him. And it's it just true. It just has not panned out. This is the year I give up on Chris Herndon. All right. I would like to know, do you think the Jets finished better than the Lions this year? Oh. Ooh. Yes. Yes? That Lions team is just miserable. How about the Jaguars? No, I think the Jaguars finished better than them, only because the Jaguars have there are there are abundance of talent I like better than the Jets. All right. On the offensive end at least. All right. Well those were those were pretty much the bottom, the bottom three feeders yep. last year. So we kind of yep. know Jets are looking the ceiling of bottom three, floor of bottom one. So right. that's kind of where they're gonna fall, and that might be where most of their fantasy players fall. Uh-huh. Yep. Don't disagree. Now we're gonna move on to the mess in fantasy that is the New England Patriots. We don't know what their quarterback's going to be halfway through the year. Their running backs are always a mess. Tight ends now, you don't know what to do with. You don't know if they're tight end. You don't know if they have any playable wide receivers. <laughs> and Bill will find a way to keep them at least eight and eight. So, or eight and nine. So I love you, Bill Bell. But for fantasy purposes, you are literally the worst person alive. <laughs> so we'll, we'll just swing right on into those quarterbacks. Fun. We'll start with. Start with Cam Newton. Cam Newton used to be one of my favorite quarterbacks, oh, and yes. it was strictly because his name was Cam. It was a hundred percent. I all my usernames, like dating back to when I was on Webkins, were Super Cam, strictly because of Cam Newton. I love and, that you just dropped. It. And I'm not kidding. Like this guy, this the whole Superman thing. I would I I would wear Superman shirts to school. <laughs> Just because I thought that was the coolest thing. And so for him to throw for eight passing touchdowns last year, I was so disappointed. <laughs> but we'll let's let's start talking for that many in elementary yes. school when he had his Webkins account. <laughs> I I mean, yeah, I was hard to beat out on that playground. <laughs> I I did like running more, so I was that That's wide fair. receiver. I, I'd consider myself a playground tight end, which <laughs> there wasn't much blocking, so I was more of just a pass catching tight end. I was kind of like sit a, over, sit over the middle, and w- when they miss yes. out on deep, you're, you're the one who says, I, "I was open across the middle." I was pretty much Mark Andrews. <laughs> so let's let's go with Cam Newton here, Lucas. Yep. Do you think he starts the whole season? The whole season? No, no. I bet he starts. I feel like the over under on how many games can play should be like 10. Yeah. Um, and I think it's just going to come down to what is the Patriots record by mm-hmm. the end of the season. Uh, if they're competing for a playoff spot, then they're going to leave Cam Newton in because Cam mm-hmm. Newton is the better quarterback between him and Mac Jones. Mm-hmm. Like, you can debate me on that. Like, If you're listening to this and you disagree, 
um, you can you can d you can at me on Twitter, Lucas Wunzel. Come come at me on any of my social media sites. Um, I, I'm ready to debate you on that. He'll go off on you like KD. I will. I will. K, KD in Game Five, Game Six, Game Seven. I don't care. I ain't gonna lose though. Um, <laughs> anyways, uh, no, I I think Cam Newton plays a majority of the season. I I wouldn't be a betting man that he plays the entire season, and it's mostly because, like you said, that Patriots team is just in limbo still mm-hmm. they made a ton of signings on both sides of the ball this offseason but that's a lot of pieces you got to fit together yeah. in what five four or five months yeah. so we'll see and and they didn't draft mac jones to just sit on the bench and not yes. do anything yet at the same time cam's only on a one-year deal so it wouldn't surprise me if they let cam play this year out and then let mac learn from that and compete next year but um if Cam plays a whole year, I wouldn't be surprised. If he only plays like eight games, I wouldn't be surprised. For either. sure. Do you think he passes that eight touchdown mark this year? <laughs> uh, yeah, I certainly hope he does. Yes. Um, I mean, considering the first you know three weeks before he got COVID last season, he was QB seven in yes. fantasy. So, I mean, he was on a tear. He was ready to show out. Um, essentially, once he came back, it was like, all right, Cam, do your thing with little to no help. Um, and, you know, you, you just caught a disease that infects your entire – like oh goodness respiratory respiratory thank you your entire yes. respiratory i'm like oh gosh now i'm forgetting the system uh, yeah your entire respiratory system and it's you know football players are need that, that's a big part of what you Especially do on the football for field. a strictly running quarterback that he was last year yes <laughs> right so i mean they just expected cam to do so much and he did an interview i, I was reading too and he said he was in his head a lot and just starting to overthink everything then yeah. afterwards so um, i mean with replenished weapons and now you got Mac Jones sitting behind you too with that motivation. And uh, I mean, he could be a great sleeper candidate. Yeah. yeah I, I got him at QB 20, but um, I mean, he, he, he has top 10 upside yeah, because you can get it sure. done with his legs. And what he, I, I don't know if you're going to get to this, but he had what, like 12 rushing touchdowns yes. last season, more rushing touchdowns than passing touchdowns. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there's always the rushing upside with cam, but I, I'm straying away from your question a little bit, but I, I golly, if he doesn't pass eight passing touchdowns this season, Cam should just retire. <laughs> I agree 100%. I just think, like last year, he was 25th in passing attempts out of all quarterbacks, which is just crazy to me that I got for a guy who started 14 games last year, just 25th, yeah. especially in a Bill Belichick offense. But so I think that goes up. He's in this is this is the make it or break it year of his career. You know, if he if yeah. he doesn't do it this year, he's out of the NFL, right? But if he, he shows that he can be a starter, then he can he can probably find that next team who's like, all right, you, you prove that you could do it for the Patriots and I'll come do it for us. Yeah. So I still think he's going to get a lot of rushing touchdowns just because he's that quarterback that if you're inside the five, who do you want rushing the ball? Do you want 245 pound Cam Newton or do you want to hand it off to one of your running backs? Sony Michelle would be yeah. the only other guy, but Cam's still the guy you want. Exactly. He's still the Patriots, the Patriots red zone running back yes. you he, want. And he's he a is. quarterback. He is. And so it's kind of where we stand on Cam Newton. If Mac Jones does see the field, yep. what do you, what do you think that ceiling is for Mac Jones this year? Uh, this is off the top of my head. QB 20. I have it in my notes. If he becomes a starter, I'm not ranking him above QB 25. It's a, uh, people have been saying he fits the Belichick mold, whatever the heck that freaking yeah. means. Cause I, We've only we've only seen one season yeah. of Drew Bledsoe in ninety five percent of Tom Brady's career yes. under Bill Belichick. So what? Or, and I, you know, 
some people are saying, oh, Mac Jones has got some of the qualities of, of Tom Brady, but I've never heard anyone say, oh yeah, Mac Jones, Tom yes. Brady. Yeah. Nobody's saying that. Yeah. So I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what the heck that means that he fits the Belichick mold, but that's, that's a rant for another time, but yeah. I, there's no reason that there's no reason to go out and pick him up right away. Yeah. There's no reason to go out and, and draft him unless if you got Chris Herndon sitting on yes. your bench and, and you just want Mac Jones to take before he, you know, like a Justin Herbert situation yes. last year, right? Where it's like, uh, he won't perform well right away, mm-hmm. but if you want to stash him, but yeah, that's even if Mac Jones sees yes. the field, um, they really make it sound like Cam's a guy this year. Um, but we'll see again. Yeah. He's a guy who could stash in a dynasty league, but this for redraft leagues, you're not going to be putting him in the no. field. So to sum up kind of where we're at in quarterbacks, we got Mac Jones. If you're in a redraft league, just stay away from him unless he proves that he can be like a Justin Herbert, yep. uh, which would be a pretty big long shot, especially with the depleted weapons that they do have in that have wide receivers. A, have to take a punctured long and for Cam Newton. Exactly. <laughs> and Cam Newton, he's a, he's a probably middle of the pack to low end quarterback two right now with lots of upside just because of how he does run the ball and what we have seen in the past from him we know he can do it he's like he's like Kirk Cousins I said it last week if you come out of your draft with Russell Wilson and Kirk Cousins you're in a great spot if you come out of your draft with Russell and Cam that's a great spot to be in too because I think Cam has that again he has that top 10 upside Mm -hmm. Cam and Russell Wilson could be ranked right next to each other come week six and seven if Cam stays healthy yes um and, and Mac Jones doesn't see the field right but I, as of right now, I there's too much uncertainty mm-hmm. with the Patriots for me to confidently say you can draft Cam in your top 15. For sure. All right, let's move on to these running backs. So in the backfield right now, they just got an absolute mess of – That's fun. Just <laughs> tons of running backs who are doing all sorts of things. They got Damian Harris, who really separated himself from Sony Michelle as that workhorse running back for them. Yep. Last year, he had 10 games, 691 yards, but only two rushing touchdowns, and a lot of that was due to Cam, like we said before. But he did average 5.04 yards per attempt, Mm -hmm. and it would average if he played all 17 games out to – or 17 games this season out to 1,173 rushing yards. Wow. However, the biggest knock on him is the lack of receiving. We were both very surprised to see this. Damian Harris had five catches for 50 yards last year. That's it. That's it. Makes Josh Jacobs look like a receiving threat. <laughs> it makes him makes him look like Christian McCaffrey. That's what it looks and like. <laughs> so, where where do you take Damian Harris, knowing this, knowing that he was a super efficient runner, but just had no receiving? Um, points. yeah, <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, I mean, right. He he wasn't used in the passing game. James White is predominantly their pass yes. catching back, um, and Rex Burkhead was still a thing last that's true, year. That's true. Uh, for at least a few games. So. Um, you know, they had other guys for those options. I think Damian Harris sees a bit of an uptick in receiving this season, but good, it's going to be more than, than five receptions, yes. right? But uh, no, I mean, I, I think Damian Harris could be a really interesting sleeper pick this year. So I have him ranked at running back 32. He's going out of running back 36 right now. So maybe not as much of a sleeper as I'd like, but um, I'll kind of explain why. I really like Damian Harris so much because I took mm-hmm. him in our mock draft 1.0. And I, I mentioned he was run, you know, through the weeks he was healthy in the starting running back for that team versus weeks four through 13. It was, I believe um, he was running back 26. So borderline top 25 running back. Yeah. He has a low TD dependency. Uh, yeah, he only had two last year. Right. <laughs> uh, he's still top 25 in those weeks. Right. 
and he's insanely consistent, right? You mentioned mm-hmm. five point five yards of carry. Yeah, he, he's efficient and consistent. Um, his variance in between his, you know, he, you didn't see a game where Damian Harris had twenty five points, but the next he only have eight. Like he was a consistent 12, 13 points a game kind of a guy. Um, so that's a guy I really like. I don't like him enough to make him my running back too, but if I could have him plant my flex every week, if I get that same consistency as last season, that'd be awesome. Um, I'm big on Damian Harris. It's, it's just the fact that I wish we could see more touchdowns. I wish we'd see more usage of the passing game for him, but that's just not how this Patriots it's offense not works. The cards. Um, so it's unfortunate, but I mean, I think, I think we'll see Damian Harris crack the top 30 this year. Um, there's bound to be a few injuries and miss ranks that we have, right. That allow him to be bumped up higher. But right now I have him at 32. See, you can expect to see him inside the top 30. He He's just too consistent and efficient. Mm-hmm. Isn't dependent on touchdowns. Um, it, again, it'd be nice to see a few more, but yeah, he, I, he, he's a safe pick compared to a lot of guys that are going in his area. For sure. Like AJ Dillon, Marvin Jones, Mike Williams are all going right around him. Give me Damian Harris yeah. all day out of those guys. How about the other running back, James White? Does he have any fantasy value this year? No, and and he just essentially was a lost cause once Cam came back, or once Cam um, got COVID last season. Yeah. Just didn't use him whatsoever. Just became less and less of a thing. Now that they've got Nelson Aguilar in there and they've got the two tight ends, I, I just don't see it. Yeah. Cam isn't the guy who's going to check. He he knows how to check down to a running back. He did it with Christian McCaffrey for yeah. two years. So I don't know if it's just going to be different now. I don't know. I, I'm i not prioritizing James White in any draft. I leave him on waivers, and if he has a great week one, great. Mm-hmm. Let everyone duke it out for him. But I don't think you have to feel bad about not drafting James yeah. White. For sure. So now we move on to these wide receivers. I'll admit at first I was pretty excited about Nelson Aguilar getting there, you know, <laughs> just because I'm thinking, all right, this is a guy who could be a sleeper, but I started looking into his stats. And when I mentioned this to you a little bit earlier, Nelson Aguilar last year had 48 receptions, 900 yards and 88 or eight touchdowns. But what I saw also is he over a full season has never averaged more than 50 yards a game. So this is a guy who's been it's in the so NFL. Bad. He's been in the NFL for six years, oh, and has six, never, six years. You didn't tell me that yeah, part. And oh, has never man. averaged over fifty yards a game. Oh, that's so. Terrible. And it's in an offense that only had eight passing touchdowns all of last year. Twenty <laughs> fifth in passing attempts. I'm not feeling super optimistic about Nelson Aguilar as <laughs> as I was before I looked into those stats. It's just. He's a guy who's never maintained it. He's had great, he's great games every once in a while, but he's just never maintained it. And I just, I lost a lot of excitement looking into who Nelson Aguilar is. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I literally adjusted my rankings today after contemplating where I actually wanted. Mm-hmm. I, Cause I had Nelson Aguilar all the way down at like wide receiver 61. Mm-hmm. I bumped him up to 51 for the sake of the, he was the first free agent wide receiver to be signed yes so the patriots clearly wanted him for something yeah so if they if they sign him that quickly shows they really want him they gotta have to want to use him again he's kind of Corey davis earlier mm-hmm. right where it's like he's he's in that range of am i gonna take a, a marvin jones who's yes. wide receiver two or three on an offense or am i gonna take nelson aguilar who's 
the clear number one wide receiver yes. option in that offense. And I'm going to take Nelson Aguilar, but man, uh, you, you got those stats there. And I'm all of a sudden, I'm like, <laughs> all of a sudden my note of wide receiver 50, maybe too high. Yes. Um, yeah, I think it might be too high. I might, yeah. I might bump him, bump him, bunk him, bump him back down to, uh, yeah, like the the late fifties. Yeah. Cause that's just oh that's oh it's so bad. And I don't want to hear that. But <laughs> and you think about it too with the other receiving options. I got two tight ends there now, and we know how much the Patriots love to use two tight ends in the past, but I have a whole thing on that. Yeah. So make sure you ask me about for uh, sure. Gronk for and sure. Hernandez. I got a whole that's like that's gonna be like we're, our monologue of the week almost. We're foreshadowing again. <laughs> yeah, I, I okay, I'll stop. No, <laughs> late round flyer at best. Yes not starting him not a flex play pick him up in your he's going to wide receiver 60 you can wait on this guy yeah and i would assume that means you're not touching any other patriots wide receivers <sighs> yeah gosh no they're why they're waiver wire pickups like they have been every other year i couldn't agree more we mentioned tight ends just now so lucas i'll give you the floor on these two tight end signings of hunter henry and Janu smith so before we get to hunter henry and Janu smith i'm going to take everyone back to the time of 2011 and 2012, also known as the Gronk and Hernandez era in New England. So, Gronk in 2011 was the top tight end in fantasy football. Aaron Hernandez was tight end three. All right, we're off to a great start, right? Two very strong tight ends, top three finishers in fantasy. Looks good so far. Last time that happened, yeah, it's never happened. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, let's take a step back, but, um, we're going to continue to look at 2011 then, and I'm sorry, I'm going to keep digging this hole deeper of why I don't think we're going to see this awesome, you know, mm-hmm. surge of, of Johnny Smith and Hunter Henry. So the difference between Gronk and Hernandez in, in 2011 in fantasy, remember Gronk was tied in one, Hernandez was tied in three. Gronk finished a hundred points ahead of Aaron Hernandez. <laughs> and now from tight end one to tight end three. Uh, Jimmy Graham was tight end two that year. Aaron Hernandez was still a whole 60 points behind, behind Jimmy Graham. It's like uh, last year. With it's like last year with Tre- Kelsey, Kelsey and Waller and, and everyone else. And everyone else. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So I, I don't know what kind of stock do you want to put yeah. in that? I don't want to put much into it, but so, so anyways, we're going to look into 2012. Again, finishes tight end, tight end one in fantasy again, big shock. Uh, on a points per game basis, Aaron Hernandez came back down the earth a little bit. He only played 10 games that season, but uh, in 2012, uh, on a points per game basis, Aaron Hernandez was tight end five. So yeah. I'm going to build up a little bit more of that credibility again, but if I'm going to take anything away from 2011, and 2012, and what I learned from the Patriots using those two tight end sets and using them insanely effectively is Gronk is an all time great tight end. I'm not going to say he's the greatest of all time because we've seen some pretty great tight ends in recent history top five though probably top five absolutely absolutely neither john U. smith or hunter henry are rob Gronkowski. No, they're the walmart version they're the wall I'd, I'd like to think they're more aaron hernandez yes um talent wise yes uh, and, and aaron hernandez was talented so that's not even a knock on them like yeah. aaron hernandez was a top prospect tight end coming out of college yes. in florida um but it's going to be insanely difficult to repeat. Yes. So we see these two big, strong tight end signings, and we think Gronk and Hernandez 2.0, right? Yeah. Done deal. They're both top 10 tight ends. I don't think so. Cam Newton isn't Tom Brady. Neither <laughs> of those guys are Gronk. No. And it, it, it's, it's a new NFL. Yeah. 
this is 10 years we're talking about. This yeah. is a 10 year difference. So I, I don't know if it makes a difference how you rate Johnny or Hunter Henry. Yeah. I mean, I think they're both going to be top 20 tight ends. One of them is going to be knocking on the door of top 12, top 10. One of them is going to be knocking on the door of top 15. I have Johnny Smith right ahead of Hunter, Hunter Henry. Excuse me. I have Johnny Smith at tight end 13. Um, I have Hunter Henry at tight end 17 or 16. Excuse me. Like I said, one's knocking on the door of top 10. One's knocking on the door of top 15. It's personal preference. It's personal preference. And we just don't know enough. Like we do with every other Patriots player. We just don't know enough. Exactly. (laughs) And that kind of brings us in transition wise to our mailbag. Yes. We're going to start with our first question from Neil. Neil, I'm sorry. I don't have your Instagram handle on me right now. I got it. I'm on it. Oh, Lucas is on it for us. I'm on it. Just give me a second. Oh, pulling it up. Pulling it up on our last one. Oh, my goodness. I think it was the last one. I think it was the Hunter Henry one. It should be, but I can't find it now. Oh, there it is. My comments weren't loading. We're sorry. Something went wrong. Instagram, quit. Oh, here we go. We've got Neil one two five four. Neil one two five four asked, "Why, why do, why is your ceiling on Hunter Henry so low, especially with the depleted New England?" I'm paraphrasing the depleted New England wide receiver room. So Lucas kind of just answered that. It's because we just haven't seen it. We saw the Gronk and Hernandez one time, and that's it of tight ends who work together who were that high and we don't think that either of them are like Gronk. We don't, we think they're two Hernandez's maybe, and we don't know which one is going to be the better one. It's two less talented guys playing with a less talented quarterback in a new era of the NFL. Yep. I, I, I liked, I, I really want to put them higher because I think the potential is there, but it, the odds of that happening are so exceptionally mm. low that you know, our ceiling, if, if you go to our Instagram, the FFL is on Instagram. Uh, we just posted our, our Hunter Henry um, spotlight and we had a ceiling at tight end eight and his floor at tight end 23, which I think, again, we were feeling pretty generous about, you know, tight yeah. end eight for his ranking, but, or for his ceiling. Uh, it's, it's just the reality that offense yeah. is Cam Newton. Isn't the, isn't the same gunslinger quarterback. Mm. He's more of a running quarterback still. And, and we just don't, yeah. nobody knows who who yeah. number one or number two is exactly gonna be that tight end set. and he's not cracking the top five he's not i i don't think i don't think no. he's gonna pass i mean he's not pass, for sure not passing kelsey uh waller Wall kittle. kittle and then hawkinson i wouldn't say either. hawkinson and mark andrews probably not and i still kyle pitts i still think exactly and then you got kasicki you got goddard you got tunyon you got irv smith you got evan ingram you got no a whole yeah. no fan you got a bunch of other tight ends who are right there they're so, more safer bets exactly so i mean maybe maybe he pushes that ceiling it's just not very likely especially in the offensive season exactly we're gonna hit you with another another tight end question here oh i like it it's from mclovin's bro on instagram it says does zach Ertz have a resurgence on a new team slash is goddard a top eight tight end without Ertz? did mclovin just message us that's what it looks like. Man, love you, McLovin. <laughs> Appreciate you. Um, <laughs> Goddard, uh, I think I have Goddard at tight end nine right now. And me and Tyler are at seven. So, yes, I think he could be a top eight tight end. And, and I have 
those tight ends from like seven to 10, you could talk me into them in any order. Yes. And I'm going to say, yeah, choose whichever one you want. Have fun. Yeah. Uh, because they're all going to be somewhat inconsistent. Mm-hmm. They're all not going to be top five, but they all have the ability to have their big breakout games every once in a while. Yep. So I think even with Ertz in the mix, I still think Goddard's a top, top eight tight end, um, if not knocking on the door of yeah. top eight. Uh, and I, Zach Ertz is a talented football player. He wasn't a top four, top three tight end in fantasy for no reason for yes. all those years. Uh, a part of it is I think he needs to find the right fit on the right team. Um, I'm not going to say he should follow Carson Wentz to the Indiana Colts, but I'm also going to say he should follow Carson Wentz to the Indiana Colts, yeah. uh, a team that uh, needs a tight end. Um, Jack Doyle and Mo Alley Cox are the two guys there. And, I'm going to take Zach Ertz's hundred yes, you know, percent rapport with Carson Wentz before I take either of those two. So yeah, I think Zach Ertz could absolutely see a research. We're, we're only one season, well, one and a half seasons removed of the dominance of Zach Ertz yes. really. So I think it's still in the cards, but with, with or without Zach Ertz, Goddard is still top eight. Uh, Ertz becomes fan, more fantasy relevant if he gets mm. traded, but I don't know how likely that is right now. We just haven't heard that much about it. Yeah, for sure. And then our next one comes from Stuart underscore price. And it says super flex startup draft one oh one pick. So the first pick in the first uh, round overall yeah. think, do you think it's a lock to take Mahomes? Now I need to be honest. I've never played in this. I haven't played in the super flex league mm-hmm. before. Yep. So my answer might not be that great uh, here, but if you're, if you're starting two quarterbacks, Right. Are you taking Mahomes with the first overall pick? No. And it's because, so I played in a two quarterback league last year for the first time. Um, and the first round was still pretty much chalk to a redraft league. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook, Derek Henry, Alvin Kamara, Devontae, I'm sorry, you know, all those guys, mm-hmm. all those Sherlock number ones at their position. Well, not number ones, but. The, the most the most valuable guys at their position went off the board first. Yeah. Um, and since it was a redraft, I think there was a little bit more. Um, there wasn't this, oh, it's a dynasty. I need to make sure I have the best quarterbacks yes. over the long haul. It was more so I can build this up and then I can see what I get for quarterbacks, you know, after I get at least two players off the board, right? Yeah. Um, it actually came back to me. I had the first overall pick. So I took McCaffrey first came all the way back around to me. No quarterbacks have gone off the board yet. So with the last pick of round two, I took Patrick Mahomes then. So I don't think it's a sure lock. You take Patrick, Patrick Mahomes number one in a in a super flex league. Um, did you say it was Dynasty? Dynasty, yeah. Oh, and Dynasty. So see, in that case, then you had the Dynasty factor in there. I still think I still think the top four running backs are off the board first. I still think I still think you get McCaffrey, Cook, Kamara. I don't know if Derrick Henry goes off the board then because Derrick Henry is kind of in the last years of his prime. And yep. I guess Dalvin Cook's kind of there too, but Derrick Henry's got a lot of a lot of miles on those yes. wheels and he's got a lot of bruising. So I'd say it's safe to take Mahomes in the first round. I'd consider him putting him in like where Devontae Adams is going in yeah. games now, right? You get those top six, seven running backs off the board. If you take Mahomes then, I think that's the safest play. Yeah. I think I think the thing though with Mahomes right now. 
is I don't think he's as far separated as we thought he was last year from the rest of the field. Yeah. I think Josh Allen's proved that he's closer. I think Kyler Murray's proved that he's closer. These guys are all um, same age, even younger. Right. Dak Prescott's proved and that offense that he's and CD Lamb's not leaving right. for a while. Yeah, you, got Amari, rookie, yeah, you got Amari Cooper and Lamar Jackson proved at the end of last year that he still got it. Yeah. And so obviously Lamar Jackson got to be a little more worried about being mobile quarterback and injuries. Yeah. And then, so maybe, maybe you wait a little bit. I think that would probably come into my, just the way I think about it. I don't think, I don't think it'd be a bad pick to no. take Mahomes as the first overall pick just yeah. because you know, you have him for the next eight years. I've seen it done in redrafts. And so I don't suggest it, but I don't think it'd be, especially in a super flex. I don't think it'd be a bad pick. I just don't think it's a lock. I agree. It depends how much you really want to value that super flex spot. Because let's be real. You still have a QB spot. Yeah. This league doesn't have QBs, but assuming you still have that QB spot, you just have a super flex. We could play any quarterback, right? I still think you can afford to wait. Cause then in, in what case then do you take Kyler Murray and Lamar Jackson? Yeah, for your QB and your super flex. Oh. Man, I'd love to have. I'd yes. love to have those yes. two guys. I mean, you got two guys put up twenty three points a game, and they're both young. Yes. they're both insanely young for a dynasty. So, I don't think you need to stretch and take him one point oh one. I don't think you need to lock him there. He, he's probably a sure lock first pick, though. for sure. For sure. Well, that wraps up our mailbags. That wraps up our episode for this week. First half of the AFC. First AFC half, East. we got the. Dolphins and Bills coming up next. We we'll talk about a little bit of tool, a little bit of digs, a little bit of Josh Allen. Yeah, that was a few days. So, yeah, don't forget to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Facebook TikTok, TikTok, YouTube, all of the above. Subscribe, follow, whatever you need to do. Put on notifications. Make sure Please. that you get everything. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, where you get your podcast from. Really, yes. So, Lucas, got any closing thoughts? Uh, my closing thought is right now I saw this today, and I can't believe I didn't mention this when we were talking about Cam Newton. Cam Newton is being drafted after Trace McSorley right now in leagues. Ooh. You are absolutely all insane. You need to change it. If Cam Newton is asserted, he's a top 20 quarterback. Get your minds right, people. All right. And with that, we're going to say deuces, and we will see you on Friday. Deuces. See y'all. Hey, thanks again for tuning in to the Fantasy Football Fellas podcast today. Make sure to subscribe for all of our weekly content, uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts from. Uh, don't miss us on social media as well. We got some great takes coming out, some great analysis on specific players, FF Fellas on Twitter, the FF Fellas on Instagram, We're on Facebook, TikTok, and YouTube as well at Fantasy Football fellas we're gonna be coming to you again soon we're coming out with another podcast on friday we're gonna do the rest of the afc east we had the dolphins and the bills in that episode just be cameron and i again to wrap out the week uh but hey we're we're really looking forward to it really looking forward to this new schedule and being able to give you a little bit more analysis on 
each player instead of having to rush through uh, certain teams. So keep an eye out for us. We'll be back with you on Friday. And uh, for now, deuces.